final prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, give God praise today. You know, overflow is supplied by God, and God isn't out of anything. I mean, he is not broke. Thank God he doesn't operate the way our system operates in the world. Amen. He has an abundance for us for every good work. And every good work is a God work. So whatever it is today, let's make our confession. This is what it says. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, um, we're, we're having part two today of something good is going to happen to you. Only I want us to make the confession about ourselves. So we're going to say me, but let's say it together. Something good is going to happen to me today. Everybody say today. That's from an old song that uh, Brother Roberts used to use in his ministry. And uh, years ago, I used to watch that a lot. In fact, I was there for a year in 1979, worked there. And, um, you know, where God is, good things happen. Wherever God is, wherever his presence is. And uh, we're looking at the scripture, Acts 10, 38, about Jesus. Uh, And I don't believe it's any different today. I believe we have to look for it. Everybody say, look for it. And, you know, when you see that up on the screen, something good is going to happen to you. That O-O-D in there, uh, that O-O, those two O-Os have eyeballs in them for a reason. Because you have to look for good. How, How many of you know the negative is just out there every day but you have to look for the good you have to look for what god is doing and god is still doing the same thing he always did he's going about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the enemy so let's read this how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power who went about doing good everybody say doing good and healing a few does that say that (laughs) healing the wealthy does that say that says healing what's that word all who were oppressed by the devil for god was with him you know nothing's changed nothing has changed it's people's perspective that has changed because in the world jesus has been pulled out of so many things the name of jesus especially uh some things you do hear god uh, this or that but usually it's god caused this disaster That's not something that gives people hope. That causes people to be looking out for what God might do to them or what God might be going to withhold from them, what God is not going to give them instead of the God who is a good God. Everybody say he's good all the time. And uh, this song I'm going to sing this morning, which I don't usually do, but used to do this a lot. You know, sometimes when you begin to sing about Jesus, he shows up. And uh, today I want you to believe that God is going to show up for you. Uh, Jesus is still the same. He's never changed his mind. When he created you, uh, would all you ladies with babies stand up? Everybody's got a baby. Now I want you all turn around. Look at these babies. Look at these babies back here. Now, do you think any of them look like they're going to do something evil any minute? No, they're not. Because God created them good. Look at those cute baby girls. All of them. Some of you have some back in the nursery. I mean, that's the way God sees you on the inside. He sees you good. He sees the good things in you, and that's what he wants to bring about. So every day he's going by you. Could you put that track on for me? 
And that same anointing is right there to just turn and heal whatever is going on. We just speak healing right now, Brad, to your eyes. How many of you need healing in your body today? Well, then the healer is here. We just pray right now for healing in your body. We pray for healing of your mind, healing of your emotions. You know, sometimes your emotions just are so wounded that they just have control all the time. I remember a day in my life where I cried every day and thought I was having a nervous breakdown. But then Jesus passed by. Jesus took a hold of my life, and that anointing changed everything in my life. We have to begin to expect God to show up in our circumstances. Expect him to come right into the midst of where we are and do something great in our lives. I wanted him to sing that song at the offering because it talks about miracles and signs and wonders. We have to start believing for that. That's not just the things we can do. It has nothing to do with what we can do. It's what God can do. And so whenever I sing that song, it's just like God's spirit is just moving everywhere. All we got to do is reach up and take hold of that, that he's giving us today or any other day. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, attitudes. Now, don't everybody turn me off right here now. Hallelujah. Last week, we talked about discipline. You know, when, when you're expecting God to do something, you have to exercise discipline in your life. You have to begin to train your perception to be God's perception. You have to begin to look for good things because the, the evil, the bad things, the negative things, the, the hopeless thoughts, they're always out there because really, truly, um, we don't have a newspaper in our town that comes to your door every morning and says, wake up, it's a great day. God is on the move in your life. We had these things happen yesterday in Lafayette, Indiana. Good things. Does it say that? Well, no, it doesn't. And uh, sometimes our news is talking about something that's not even going on in the world. I mean, there are things that we need to know about to pray about. So we can't count on the news. We can't count on people and, and institutions to tell us what we need to believe. We have to count on the Word of God to tell us, the Holy Spirit of God. And this is what it says in Acts. If you put that scripture up, Acts twenty four sixteen, it's in the uh, Amplified, but it talks about we have to exercise. Therefore, I always exercise and discipline myself. Everybody say, oh, I love this. I love this, see? Mortifying my body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites, and worldly desires, endeavoring in all respects to have a clear, unshaken, blameless conscience, void of offense toward God and toward men. You know, um, we don't want to offend God. And, 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 you know, sometimes we just offend men because they just, people are easily offended. But God, we can offend God not because of the ways we think, but what God says is honor me. Everybody say honor God. You know, when we're not trusting God, then that's an offense. That's saying, you know, God, you know, I, I read about the fact that you can be trusted, but I don't trust you. You know, that's why people aren't able to do a lot of things in their life because they don't have their confidence in God. They have their confidence in other people or in their own ability. That's the real disaster. When we think we can accomplish things, when we can't accomplish anything without God. You know, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But we got to remember the other part. I can do nothing without Christ. 
strengthening me. And so when we think like that, then we begin to discipline our mind to think the right thing. Today, as we talk about attitudes, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And this is, um, this is about Jesus. We have no better example than Jesus. Paul's speaking about him in this part of Scripture. And in the New Living Testament, this is what it says. You must have the same attitude. Everybody say attitude. Now, how many of you know people who have attitude? You know, how many of you have ever had a little attitude, you know? Pastor Bill sometimes says that, you know, that I have a little bit of an attitude going on. Um, but, but we all can get an attitude, isn't that? I mean, we all have the choice of, of how we're going to see things and approach things. It says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He knew who he was. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience. Everybody say obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, now because of all of this that he chose to do, God elevated. Everybody say elevated. You know, uh, I believe we're living in a day where God wants to raise up believers into high positions, but he can't take people there just because of who they are. He has to take people there that know who he is and then will live in that position as he would have them live. You know, uh, God is going to hold, when you get to heaven, God's going to talk to you about you. Everybody say new thought. You know, you may think he's going to talk to you about all the things that, you know, you can tell him that didn't go right in your life because of this or that or the other thing, but he's going to talk to you about you. I had a friend that uh, was talking to somebody in politics and said, you know, why are you voting for abortion when I know that because of your belief system, you wouldn't believe in abortion? And they said, oh, I need to because I represent my constituents. I want to tell you, when you get to heaven, that won't count for anything. I voted this way because of these people I represent. You represent Jesus. That's who we represent as the church. I represent him. You represent him. And what we do and what we say is really his voice speaking in the earth. Now you say, oh, my goodness, I might need to change some things. Well, when we get our attitude into what Jesus' attitude was of humility saying, I'm trusting God in this situation for everything. So when I open my mouth, it's going to be with the attitude he would have me have in this situation. Not what I would say, but what he would have me say. So when that happened, God elevated Jesus to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I believe God wants to exalt people in the body of Christ, people who love him, to a position that they will be highly exalted, and to men, they will uh, honor them. But what has to happen is that person has to be somebody that when they're honored, they give it all back to God. They don't sit there and take that honor. They allow that honor to go back to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that has to do with character. Everybody say character. I read this uh, and I thought it was just excellent. It said, God gives every man gifts. We all have gifts God's given us that will exalt us. Those gifts can exalt people. But our character is the gift we give back to God. 
In other words, that's the part of us that says, okay, I'm not going to be who I am. I'm going to be who you made me be. And then that is going to exalt the name of Jesus. And as the name of Jesus is exalted, my life will be exalted, but I will always know, everybody say always know, that it is not me, but it is him who's being exalted in that situation. So when we're looking at how God wants to change our attitude, it's that we have an attitude of honoring God above all other things. And when we get in that position, then something good is going to happen because God is going to elevate or he's going to exalt those who honor him. Now, you know, it doesn't mean that everything is going to go, go just very, very well, because how many of you know, Jesus was highly exalted, but he was highly persecuted. I mean, he was, he was constantly challenged in who he was and the things that he did. But regardless of that, everywhere he walked, people were healed. Everywhere he went, people were delivered. All the power of God was operating in his life because he walked in this position of humility and he honored God in all things. So when we get in that position, then we're going to be doing the same thing. I was reading in my, um, this Joel Osteen, your best life begins each morning. How many of you don't think mornings really (laughs) doesn't seem like the best life when you wake up, but you know, after a few cups of coffee, you get better or whatever it is that you get yourself getting, uh, getting your mind on the right track. But he's talking about renewing your attitude in here. And it says, uh, it's the scripture, which I wouldn't have thought of in this light, but he said, neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. So they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And he says, have you ever assumed that you've reached your limits? Everybody say limits. In life, that you will never be more successful or do something meaningful or enjoy the good things in life that you've seen others enjoy. Sad to say, you're exactly right. Right. Unless you are willing to change your thinking, everybody say your perception, your perception, and start believing for something bigger. Interestingly, when Jesus wanted to encourage his followers to enlarge their vision, he reminded them, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. You can't come into the kingdom of God and pour in Jesus and act the way you did before. Does that make sense? Because then it's not what what God wants to do through your life isn't going to happen. And he said he was saying that you cannot have a larger life. And I, I highlighted this and I'm reading it to you for this very reason. You cannot have a larger life with restricted attitudes. Everybody say restricted attitudes. Now, what are restricted attitudes? Well, one is that you're just going to be where you are forever. Everybody say that's a lie. You may be here today and you may be in a position where, you know, we're singing overflow and you're thinking, I want some. You know, you may be in a position you're here today and nothing in your life looks like that. But everybody say, that's not my life. Your life is hidden in Christ. The life you're called to live is a life that is unrestricted, unlimited, powerful, anointed, that everywhere you go, just like that song I sang, everywhere you go, the anointing of God goes with you to release the captives. How many of you know a few captives? How many of you have seen a few captives? You know, there are people who are captive today to all kinds of things, uh, starting with a negative attitude. You know, and when you think negative, you're going to get negative. Everybody say revelation. Yeah, that's a revelation. So you can't have a restricted attitude. Today, will you stretch your faith and vision and get rid of those old negative mindsets that hold you back? See, when you renew your attitude, then what you do is give an opportunity to have a renewed life. How many of you like to have a different, different life? (laughs) Well, 
change our attitude begin to see things the way God sees them have our perception be what God sees and the Bible says Jesus of Nazareth anointed by the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good healing all who were oppressed of the enemy amen because God was with him how many of you got a few oppressed people you're working with how many of you'd like to walk by and just pray over them I didn't say slap them, just lay hands on them. The Bible says you can lay hands on people. That doesn't mean you strangle them until they do what you want them to do. But you put your hand on them and know that when you touch them, the devil is going to let go of their life. Now, you don't do that because then your life will be so much better. See, that's not the right motive. The motive is, my attitude is, that I am going about doing good because that's what Jesus did and that's who I represent. So my attitude is switched from, this is going to bless me. We are blessed to be a blessing, we sang about. And so this isn't about just you being blessed. It's about multitudes being blessed. I, I, I would love for the day where there's thousands of people who come to hear the word of God, whether I'm preaching, whether these guys down here, whoever's preaching, they're coming because they know Jesus has something for them. Wouldn't you? Well, you know how that's going to happen? When the believers start having something and acting like they have something and begin to walk into a place and expect God to show up and help those people that are sitting there in their mess. Aren't you glad God, you, God got you out of your mess? Yes. Man, me too. Hallelujah. I knew how to make messes. I just didn't know how to fix them. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 4. We're going to look at Ephesians 4 because this is a scripture I felt to, to share today with you. We're going to look at it in the Amplified. 42224 um you know Paul had so many good examples for us of uh, restrictive attitudes, things that, that we have to fix in our lives if we're going to be all that God wants us to be, and if we're going to see these signs, wonders, and miracles. And uh, this is in um, 422. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Everybody say, throw it off. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy that's the new living now let's look at it in the amplified i like the amplified this says strip yourselves of your former nature put off and discard your old unrenewed self say i have an old unrenewed self then it says the way you do that is uh which character which is characterized by your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion next it says how you do that be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind in your mind having a fresh mental and spiritual huh that's what it's saying there. Uh, you need to renew your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Where does your attitude come from? Your mind. Everybody say, my mind. Now, we talked last week and said we have the mind of Christ. Do you think Christ had an attitude? No. I don't think he had an attitude. He just had the, the heart to honor his father. He said in John, I honor my father. 
I honor my father. I only do what my father asks me to do. Be constantly renewed and then put on the new nature. Now, you not only take off the old, you got to put something else on. You can't be a bunch of naked jaybirds running around. You got to be who God called you to be. And if you don't have on the full armor of God and the new nature of God, you are a target for the enemy. He is going to take you down. And it says, put on the new nature, the regenerated self, created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. Now, let's look at verse 25. So stop telling lies. Everybody said, say, stop telling lies. Now, you may say, I don't lie. Well, how about exaggerated truth? Don't, don't everybody shout me down at the same time. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all part of the same body. Don't sin by letting your anger control you. This is a big one right now in the, in the whole world. How, you know, I've been doing this little survey at traffic stoplights, and uh, I've thought about calling you, Rodney, because there's a bunch of people texting <laughs> right there at the stoplight. And sometimes you have to wait till they wake up to go. Have you ever been behind them? There's, there's, there's people who look like they want to eat you in the car next. I mean, they're just, they're, I, I have rarely hear, see anybody smiling in their vehicle. You know, uh, I, I rarely see people praising and singing to the Lord in their vehicle. It's, it's talking on the phone, texting, uh, you know, always caught up in what's going on around and not very happy. I believe we have an angry world out there. How many of you would say from the newspapers and the things that we see, there's a lot of anger out there in the world, uh, a lot of impatience, a lot of things that are working in people's lives. Those, those are restrictive attitudes. There's not anything going to come out of those attitudes. And then it goes on and says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. They make it pretty simple in the new living. <laughs> Instead of your hands, uh, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That's the offense to God where we said earlier we won't be an offense to God. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Back in the beginning when we started this church, um, we would say sometimes to people, if you're going to act up, don't tell them where you attend. <laughs> don't act up and then tell them about Jesus. Uh, it used to be Rodney. One time I remember he called Bill and he said, uh, well, I've got another one of yours down here. That was at the police station. So, you know, we, we ministered to a lot of hurting people. We, we had a lot of hurting people. But, you know, hurting people, it, Jesus said he came for the sick, not for the well. He came for people who are hurting. So we're in the earth to help the hurting people, the people who are living lives where they're trapped by these restrictive attitudes. And this is probably the, the hardest one. Get rid of all bitterness. Everybody say bitterness. Because... People feel they have a right to be upset with people who don't treat them right. Rage, which I see often. Uh, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. It says in chapter 5, verse 11, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. 
Now, um, when I originally read that scripture in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, I remembered this thing that was in one of my devotionals from Joyce. And I just think it's so good. In the Amplified, it says, we, we said, strip yourselves of these things, these, this former nature. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self. Everybody say, I have an old self but I have a new self so the the key is how do I get from the old self to the new self amen well it's in that scripture it says basically to stop acting improperly and tells us to act properly but the verse that tells us how to do that is the one that says be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind now what she called that was the bridge scripture because it takes you from the old and you basically cross over the bridge to the new and how do you do that well you have to renew your mind to the word of god well how do you do that discipline everybody say discipline that's what we said last week well i remembered this old song and this will date me because um you know it's it's an older song it was patty page i think if any of you even know who she was but that was years ago these are the words to this song cross over the bridge i immediately heard this song so i looked up the lyrics and it's hilarious it says if you're a guy who's had a gal in each and every port and you forgot the rules of love that life has always taught and if you broke as many hearts as ripples in a stream well brother here's the only way that you can be redeemed cross over the bridge cross over the bridge change your reckless way of living cross over the bridge leave your fickle past behind you and true romance will find you brother cross over the bridge the next verse said, if you have built a boat to take you to the greener side. How many of you know people who've got, they're going to the other side, they're going to the greener side. And if the boat is built upon every lie you ever lied, you'll never reach the promised land of love, I guarantee, because lies cannot hold water and you'll sink into the sea. <laughs> Cross over the bridge. And the last one is, I know it isn't easy to resist temptation's call, but think of how your broken heart will hurt when you fall. How many have ever been there? Because of those restrictive attitudes. Because someday you will find that you are hopelessly in love, and she'll belong to someone else as sure as stars above. So cross over the bridge. You know, if you want to experience the love of God, if you want to experience the good things that God has for you, you're going to have to cross over the bridge. Your attitudes are going to have to change because God operates over in the renewed side of things. He doesn't operate over in the unrenewed side of things. That's where the enemy operates. That's where the enemy says you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be good enough. You know how you act when nobody's looking. How many of you know how you act when everybody's not there? How many of you know how you act when people are there? Amen? You get your, your Sunday meeting face on to come to church. The only thing in this church, the Holy Ghost is here. And he doesn't attend Sunday meeting with a facade. We have had people over the years in this church say, I am not coming back here. I cried the entire service, and I'm just not doing it. I was embarrassed. I was so beside myself. I was embarrassed. And, and it, just recently, we had a lady get up and walk out because the Holy Spirit got a hold of her. You know, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, it's to help you, not to hurt you. He's trying to take you over the bridge. 
He's trying to pull you over the bridge into a much better life, unrestricted, unlimited. But your attitude, everybody say my attitude. Have you ever heard somebody say your attitude stinks? Have you ever said that to somebody? Have you ever thought you should have said it to yourself? You know, when our, when our attitude stinks, then we don't have that hope that God wants us to have before us. Attitudes will destroy your perception of what God sees. It will hold you back, and you're limited then to this life. You know, I, I once heard, I don't know who it was, but I had God say it to me, you going to stay down with the chickens, or are you going to soar with the eagles? Your choice. How many of you know you can see a lot better up here than you can down on the ground? That's what God wants the church to see. Why? Because he's ready to promote. Everybody say promotion. Now, my Bible says in the New King James Version, Psalm 75, 6 and 7, that exaltation or promotion. Everybody say promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord, not from the north, the south, the east, or the west, not from any other person, place, or thing. Now, this is where it really gets down to where we live every day. How many of you have ever been in a position where you should have been promoted and somebody else got it? Everybody say, attitude. attitude. Have you ever heard somebody say, you need an attitude adjustment? <laughs> Amen? My, you know, And I'm going to help you adjust your attitude. <laughs> That's apparent sometimes. You, have a, you need an attitude adjustment, I'm going to help you. Have you ever heard that saying, this is off the subject, but if you're going to keep crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Isn't that the most ridiculous statement you ever heard? Of? Mother, I know you're back there, but you used to say that. If you girls don't straighten up, stop crying, I'm going to give you something. No, that was daddy. I'm going to give you girls something to cry about. I'm thinking, we already are. What's the deal? Why do you want us to cry again? You know, some of these statements are a little weird. But, you know, we do need an attitude adjustment if we're going to keep our perception on what God is telling us we're supposed to do. Because sometimes you didn't get promoted because you weren't supposed to. Amen? Amen. This is a fact. I have known people in the past who, because they were so good at what they did, they got promoted. But when they got promoted, they got put in a position where they, this was, this was in uh, an education state, uh, situation. They were a wonderful teacher, but they decided to be an administrator. They were a horrible administrator, but they were a wonderful teacher. And they were never happy as an administrator because they weren't called to be an administrator. They were called to be a teacher. My uncle that was the alcoholic that, I mean, we fought in the spirit for him. He finally got free and he, he ended up, he had been an administrator in a high school up in Michigan city. He was the discipline uh, principal. And, you know, he did that for years, ended up losing his job, losing his family, losing everything. When he came out of it, came to live with us. He said, if I ever get back into education, I don't want to be in administration. I'm going to teach. Because that's my heart, is teaching. Well, he didn't make near as much as a teacher as he would have as an administrator. But he was much more effective and still is today as a teacher. Now he's teaching young people that are in the place where they supposedly aren't teachable to stay in school. So now he's got the kids that are already labeled failure. But he doesn't see them like that. Why? 
because that's the gift that's in him. And his character finally got in line with what God had for him when he realized that God loved him and God would make a way for him. But he had to change his attitude. Everybody say, change your attitude. He had to see that alcohol was not his answer, and it was actually hindering him from what God had called him. His attitude began to change because he crossed over the bridge from that old nature of having to have something that made him feel better to something that would give him the life that God called him to live. He crossed over the bridge. So when we cross over the bridge, we put ourselves in a position for promotion. Everybody say promotion. You know, Daniel was promoted in the book of Daniel. You read about it. He, he was promoted because he chose to honor God over the king of that country that he was banished to. He said, I don't want to eat that food. I'm not going to eat that food. I'm going to eat what I know God has told me to eat. And in the end, he got promoted by the king. The one who said, this is what my rule is. Why did he get promoted? Because the king saw the fruit. Everybody say the fruit of what Daniel did when he honored God. Everybody say, that changes your mind. See, he decided to honor God above every conflict that he faced. If you read the book of Daniel, he did it continually. But he was always promoted, always promoted to a higher position. It says in Daniel chapter 2 that he was given charge over great responsibility in the kingdom. If you read in chapter 3, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they went through the fire. I mean, you know that story? You know, got thrown in that fiery furnace. But it says when they came when they came out of there, they went in saying, if we die, we'll die. But we are going to serve. We are going to honor God. They went in the fire, came out of the fire, ended up getting promoted and having great responsibility in the nation as well. Anytime we honor God, we will be promoted. Everybody say something good, something good. is about to happen to me today. It's going to happen because when you honor God, that's part of crossing over the bridge is taking. That's the way you get rid of your old self is to put God first, more important than you. Everybody say more important than me. You know, Romans 12, it's in that same chapter where it says, renew your mind to the word of God. And this is your uh, sacrifice. You make a sacrifice and, and you find out the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It goes on to say just a few verses later, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. What it's saying is think, think about yourself in light of who God's made you be, not in light of who you think you are. Because when you get in that position, you're in humility. Everybody say humility. And the second word I want you to remember in attitudes is loyalty. Everybody say loyalty. Now this one, I believe, I believe both of these are missing in our nation. Honor and humility. Uh, we, we have a very important year ahead of us. Do you realize that? We are going to elect another president. We have not done well over the last eight years in our nation. Regardless of politics, Democrat, doesn't matter. We have not fared well as a nation. Now, we need God to help us. How many of you believe God is about our only answer at this point? Now, you may say, and I had somebody say this to me, if that person gets nominated, I am not voting. Well, I'm going to tell you, election day is not the day that you start deciding who's going to be in the White House. We need to start deciding. We're probably a little late already, but we need to get on it. We need to start speaking and decreeing a thing, and it shall be established. As the church, we need to go after who God wants. Do you know what the Word of God says? When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. You think God wants to exalt somebody into a position that they can be ruling? 
You know, you can say it doesn't matter what the White House does. Well, it does matter what the White House does. Now, eternally, we win. But how many of you know there are people who don't have jobs today, people who have things happening to them that we need leaders, godly leaders. Turn your hand and say, that might be you. See, Grace, we don't know. You're probably going to be just like you could be the vice president someday or something. Who knows what God has planned for the young people? Stop saying wrong things over young people. Besides which, they're going to take care of you when you get old. You're going to be in a world of hurt. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, this generation is going to take care of us. We got to start praying. They, they get it all together. Hallelujah. And they know what God's saying. You know, I truly, truly, you know, what's sitting over there in, uh, well, even the clubhouse or over in, in Chris, Pastor Chris's area, those are future leaders. Everybody say future leaders. I mean, open your eyes, church. We got to see what God sees here. Well, I mean, we might have another Billy Graham in this church. Hallelujah. Might be you, Manny. Boy, you stopped chewing your gum in a hurry right then. <laughs> He was just a chewing his gum, and I said that. And it's like he swallowed it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, that's just the effect it has on people. Who, me? <laughs> Duh. No, because God is looking for character. He's looking for attitudes. He's looking for discipline. Next week, we're going to talk about authority. You won't, have, you won't get to three if you haven't started with discipline. Discipline affects your attitude. 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 <laughs> okay. Attitude affects your authority. Everybody say authority. A person who's not under authority will never be in authority. It's just that simple. And the way you learn to be under authority is have somebody tell you to do something you don't want to do. Don't all of you get so excited over that statement. Every time you have to do something you don't want to do, you see this. God is improving my character by changing my attitude to serve this person no matter how they are. I'm going to make them better. They're going to wish they hadn't messed with me. Instead, I'm going to pray they just get their selves right out of here. You're going to pray that they get better and better and better. You know what will happen? You will see a miracle. First, it will be your heart changed, and then God will fix them. See, we got to think like God. Nothing's going to get better if we're thinking like the world thinks. I don't like them, so I'm going to get them out of my way. Well, guess what? There's going to be three more when you turn around, and they're going to be worse than the one you got rid of. It's true because God is working on your character. You already got the gift, but he's working on your character. Promotion is what God's all about right now. Loyalty is what uh, David prayed for his son, and it's in First Chronicles. I pray this over all of the people in this church, not young, old, I mean, everybody, not just the young, but the old, everybody in between. Um, we need to have loyalty to God. Could you put, can you find that scripture, Sandy? First Chronicles 28, 9. You know, David knew his son was going to be king, but he was a father. He was a good father. Everybody say a good father. I mean, he, he had so much money that he was the one that had all the money to build the temple that, that Solomon built. He was the one that had, I mean, he was wealthy, but he loved his son. Yeah, can you put that up for me? First Chronicles 28. And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. If you forsake him, he will reject you forever. 
Why? Because he was going to be a leader. God is careful about his leaders. Leaders can make or break the people that are under them. In one translation, it says, be loyal. Be loyal to God, Solomon. And if you read Solomon's fall in the scripture, it says he was no longer loyal to his God. Everybody say loyalty. So those are two things that we can do. First Peter, let's close with this. First Peter 5, 5 and 6. God wants to exalt people. And I believe there are going to be people exalted. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not. I mean, I, I will listen to all the candidates. I believe God will cause me to vote for the right person. I believe he'll cause you to vote for the right person. The main thing is we all need to vote. Because that's our right as Americans. That's how we say, I mean, these people in Washington work for you, not they don't, you don't work for them. Turn to your neighbor and say, new revelation. new revelation. You're not supposed to mix politics and religion, but I am, so there you go. Uh, why? Because whoever rules this nation has authority. They have, a, they have authority in the world. I believe in God for a, a godly man to be in that, in that position and godly people to be in the Senate and in the House and all the places. And I'm believing that the young people we're raising up in this nation today are going to be godly young people. And they're going to get in position and they're not going to be afraid to be in authority. They're going to be willing to be in authority and pay the price of the persecution to see the power of God and the anointing of God. That's what I believe because that's God's will for this nation. We are not a nation that's going down. We are a nation that's going to rise up and have our finest hour in Jesus name because that's the word of God for us but this is how it happens God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time he will lift you up the new king James says he will exalt you everybody say exalt you exalt exalting people is God's plan there are voices how many how many of you have ever watched Billy Graham on television in when he first started he was persecuted horribly in nations of the world but he went in there anyway I, I heard somebody say what was it that that he um he somebody he went to London to do one of his first meetings Billy Graham. And when he got there they they started persecuting him because he rode on a big ocean liner Say, people will find anything. People people find it. And he, you know what he said? He said, well, folks, as soon as you find me a donkey who can walk on water, I'll be riding him. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, you know, people look for things to attack righteousness. They look for things to come against the power and anointing of God. But it did it ever stop Billy Graham? Only heaven will tell the number of people who are in heaven today because of the man who answered the call and is still today answering the call, praying for this nation, standing in the gap. I'm telling you, God is ready to exalt people into their position, but we have to make a decision to get rid of those attitudes. Amen. Let's stand up. Father, I thank you today for every person here. I thank you that our attitude will be the same attitude as Jesus, that we humble ourselves and we begin to look that we have eyes to see what you see, Jesus, and that we, we will be like you. But when we're walking on the way, you know, we're, we're in our busy day and we, we see things. We, we'll stop if you tell us. We'll stop and, and begin to pray over that situation that we see. If somebody says, you know, my husband just lost his job and I don't know. 
I, I don't know what we're going to do. We won't say, well, we'll pray for you. See ya. But we'll stop right then and we'll pray over that situation and speak into that situation the life of God and the power of God and the anointing of God. And we're going to be a people in this church who go about doing good, seeing the need of people and speaking into that need. You say, well, what if nothing good happens? That's not your responsibility. Our responsibility is to do what God would have us do in that situation. You know, I know those bracelets, what would Jesus do? But, you know, people can wear those bracelets all day long. That doesn't make them be like Jesus. What makes us be like Jesus when we renew our mind, get rid of those trashy attitudes that hinder us from seeing what God sees. Are you ready to get rid of those today? Yeah, let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you.